to Trek Companion. This is episode 335. I'm your host, Brian Williams. I am Adam Caesar. I'm Stephen Embry. And we're back. It's been two weeks, guys. How you been? <laughs> all right, all right. Long time, no see. <laughs> uh, we are going to be discussing, this is our the second of our two-part holiday 2023 episodes. So we're doing it a little different this year. Again, we are not doing our usual you know, Star Trek episode discussions. We're going to be back in January with that. We're not 100% sure yet which uh, show we're going to be discussing, but you'll find out <laughs> because obviously we're going to decide by January. So you'll find out in January. But today we're going to continue talking about kind of where Secret Hideout has brought Star- modern Star Trek to, how it's defined Star Trek and and where it's kind of going. And the first of those two animated shows before we discuss the two animated shows let's just put some quick thoughts out there about the very short treks the these uh, these were the series of uh, what five two or three minute animated treks done in the style of uh the star trek the animated series to celebrate the 50th anniversary because those the star trek the animated series came out in 73 these are non-canon we will not be doing our usual who wrote it, who who acted, blah, blah, blah. But it is, they are all very fun. If you haven't seen them, I believe they're all on YouTube. Oddly, they're not on Paramount Plus, I don't think. I could be wrong. Right, I don't think so. They'll be on Netflix with Prodigy. <laughs> yeah. They're fun because they got the actual voice actors for the most part. Um, I mean, there, there were no characters that they had, like, somebody else voice them if that person was available. Like, obviously, somebody else... Jimmy Dewan's not around, so somebody else did Scotty. But you know, if it if the actor was <laughs> alive and the character was on the show, they had that person do it, which was made it so fun. Skin a cat, holiday party, worst contact, holograms all the way down, walk don't run, and they were aired in that order. I think once a week for a few weeks. I think is how they did it. Um, I thought they were great. I thought they were really fun. I thought they they did a great job of embracing those that kind of look and feel of the animated the old animated show and they were funny skinny cat was the funniest one yeah i thought so too holiday party was very funny with the whole you know ethan peck's (laughs) (laughs) we've seen him do comedy in in strange new worlds so we know he can do it but uh he was he was hilarious where's contact let's see worst contact was the booger one right (laughs) (laughs) right right holograms all the way down i think that might actually be my face not the funniest that's skin a cat with all the funny metaphors but holograms all the way down might actually be my personal favorite it was such a clever idea i guess that that's a reference to the turtles right anyway such a neat neat idea and amazingly yes we're i'm spoiling it here if you haven't seen it you should pause this and go watch it having prodigy in there was amazing it was incredible. After after Paramount, you know, washed their hands of uh, CBS Paramount, washed their hands of Prodigy. It was amazing to get that. And then what was walked? Oh, Walk Don't Run was the one with the with uh, Tendy and like Scotty Riker, Riker, Ry- R- Riker Sulu at the end there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Eric's. Yeah, I mean that was a fun way to end it with the song and everything. You guys, George K. Doing yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You guys have any thoughts on any of these? Yeah, I, um, I like skin to skin a cat too because it's obviously kind of it's 
it's amusing and it's obviously making fun of like how, you know, everything's offensive today. It's kind of making a commentary on that. So it, it, it actually had something to say. Oh, you and, know, uh, what, yeah. what is this episode about on that yeah, one? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it has the, what is this episode about? It used humor. I mean, it's, it was just, you know, innocuous things that people say that might offend somebody that you don't mean to. It was so, yeah, it was funny just going all the way down the line, you know. Um, don't, get your, don't get your undies in a twist. Knickers. <laughs> one, yeah. no, don't get your knickers. That one actually made me <laughs> kind of laughed out loud. Really? Really? The guy? <laughs> Which, I mean, you don't want to go like. Yeah, I mean, it's, it'd be easy to overanalyze, I suppose. But like that, you know, how often has Trek, how could you accuse Trek of being like going too far right? I mean, in terms of, you know, you know, reading the room and so forth of what offends people and this kind of thing. But, you know, that, that it is funny and it, it, it does have a message, that first one. All right. Well, let's jump into uh, Lower Decks and Prodigy. So last time we talked about, I mean, I started off talking about how much Secret Hideout defined modern Star Trek is with the serialization. And Steve, if I can remember two weeks ago, <laughs> let me remember. Let me recall, if I, if I recall you brought up how it was more character focused. How do we feel about Lower Decks and Prodigy from those from those angles? Looking at those, I think it's a, also another the, the the element we're analyzing here is do we do we succeed in what we're setting out to do, you know? And I, I think both of those series succeed well in very different ways. So Lower Decks is interesting because there, there's, not, there's nothing like it. I mean, not only is it animated, and we've had very little, you know, if you, you start at that point, looking back, you have very little history with Trek being animated and whatnot. But th- this is something completely different. It's Trek... M- kind of making fun of itself a little bit it, it's 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 let's let's dig into all these minutiae let's uh have something for all the the trek nerds or whatever you want to say to appreciate and enjoy and and and, and catch on i mean and it's not it's 90 miles an hour it's like uh you know some kind of like 30s black and white kind of you know, boom, 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 talking, you know, it, it's nuts. It goes very fast. In 20 some minutes, these episodes cover a lot, but if it, it's, it's, it's great humor, it's awesome. And in terms of the characters, I, I, I think it comes down to the context you're trying to tell the story in, like with lower decks, it's um, you, you set a bar, you say, here's what we're going to accomplish in the time we have. And I, I think it's very successful. They're, they, they have, um, you know, we talked a little bit about in the last episode, we alluded to the crossover episode. And I, I think it's I think it's a, it's a testament to Lower Decks that you can cross over to a live action episode and there be so little, it doesn't feel odd really at all. It's just, it's, it'd be the equivalent of, a, of, of something switching from color to black and white or something in terms of the media. You know, it, it felt very real in that in that uh, strange new worlds episode it was both the tone of strange new worlds and the tone of lower decks that allowed yeah. that to work i yeah. think because if you can imagine lower decks trying to cross over with say discovery no way right no way right no no it's true it's true because there, there's a certain 
the degree of lightness, heaviness, whatever that mm-hmm. they're they're trying to convey. But I but I think that that says a, that says a lot because that's that's something we talked about in the last episode with the discovery. What did they fail on in so many episodes? So much of its uh, consistency of tone, you know, across a series, across a season, and so forth. And I. I and I, I think when a, when a series succeeds, a lot of it is is tonal consistency. Lower Decks kind of got me through, you know, with just, you know, you had Discovery, the first couple of seasons of Ricard, and um, by far Lower Decks was my favorite of the shows at the time. And if you look at Lower Decks, it's the closest thing you'll, you'll that Star Trek will come to as a sitcom. It, it's, it's, you know, it's 22 minutes. It's focus is on these four characters, Mariner, Boimler, um, Tendi and Rutherford, and it stays there. It stay the focus stays on these four characters throughout. I mean, now it's it's mainly uh, Mariner and Boimler that are the two main ones, but the that's the center of the show, and they stay there and um throughout it, and they tell these good character stories with humor and um, parody. And Steve's right; they put they pack a lot in each of them, and they keep it organized, and it's not too much that you get off track. So it's, it's brilliant writing. The artwork is brilliant. The, uh, the actors who perform the characters are brilliant. So it, it's, it blew me away watching, you know, I didn't expect much out of it to be honest. When it first came on, okay, okay. Lower decks characters. Okay. Whatever. It's animated. I wasn't too enthused about it. I didn't even watch it when it came out on its first run. I don't think I started watching it until a couple of months before we decided we were going to do it. So, but, um, <clears throat> love the show the crossover episode with um on strange new worlds i mean we were going to talk about classic episodes that'll hold at least that'll hold up for me in 20 years that's an episode i can i know i can watch in 20 years just because both shows are are that are what they are well one thing you can say about lower decks and prodigy is that they are as much the result of passionate showrunners and creators as they are say like i feel like secret hideout maybe you know kurtzman's mantra maybe seems a little bit less hands-on you know like lower decks is is mcmahon what's his name mike uh mc uh mcmahon yeah mike mcmahon yeah, writer. mike mcmahon show i mean i've seen his other shows right so i, I mean i know what his stuff feels like and um, oh, I remember years, many years ago, talking to you guys about that warped book, the season eight next gen book. Wait, did I send you guys a copy of that for Christmas? Maybe I feel like I did. Yeah, you're right, right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and that was years before Lower Decks, right? It was so, it was so funny. And same thing with um, Prodigy. You know, uh, Hagman's Discovery was changing showrunners between seasons and stuff. So, and, and, and well, I mean, Lower Decks. I mean, Lower Decks, Prodigy as well. They're we we talked about this two weeks ago that our problems with Discovery is they weren't the stories weren't character driven. It was more external, like you know, save the universe. Or Prodigy and Lower Decks, they are the characters in Lower Deck. That's what's driving the story. Those four characters, every episode, mm, and it's yeah. things around them that's that are that are going on. But it's the characters are driving the story, and the same is true with Prodigy. I mean, those characters are driving this, the story. They're they're escaping from you know this penal colony. You know, they're trying to find Starfleet, but it's always driven by you know the crew of the Protostar. 
And what's interesting is it kind of it kind of raises questions of uh, does animation by its form um, is it does it create a situation whereby the the showrunners are going to be more in control of the of the universe and the world in which they're creating and because you have to you have to build it all and and when it, when when it's um when it's live action you, you are filming things and stuff and depending on where if you're on you know somewhere but in animation by definition you every element of it is built and all you have are the the voice talents of the actors that 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 influence that besides the writing that's a good point both both very good points well it'll be very interesting to see where prodigy goes with season two given how different we expect it to be and we know we're going to get at least one more season of lower decks for sure right there's a season five lower decks presumably premiering you know next summer fall something like that that show was not affected by the any of the strikes that's a different union yeah, so let's transition into talking about the stuff we know is coming. Yeah, so we we know we know uh, yeah, Prodigy season two, Netflix, sometime in twenty twenty four. We know Lower Decks season five, next twenty twenty four summer or fall, something like that. We know there's going to be a Strange New World season three. They haven't said, but probably that is going to be twenty twenty five. Right, right. They have announced. A for sure they've announced the Starfleet Academy show. We don't know very much about it. We don't even know what where it takes place in the timeline, but the implication is that it's contemporary with you know seasons four and five of Discovery. But that's not for sure. That's just kind of the implication from the press release. We do know, I don't know if we knew this for a while, but just because somebody said it in an interview or something, that Tawny Newsom is on the writing staff of that show. Yeah, I saw that. I saw that. As soon as the writer strike ended, she was writing on that show. So that gets my attention because obviously she's awesome. We also know for sure they're doing this Giorgio TV movie, which if anything is seems even more likely to happen now that Michelle Yeoh is so... Megastar. Yeah, Megastar and willing to still do the sh- still do the movie. I don't know. I've wondered, like, was it really going to just be like a two-hour TV movie? Maybe it'll be more like a miniseries. We know they were close, though. We know they were... We, they have script or scripts and were set designing and stuff like that before the strike. So it must be pretty far along. Any expectations for any of that? Obviously, we're going to be excited to get Michelle Yeoh back. I like the idea that it's going to be something shorter and not be dragged out. You know, the Starfleet Academy show seems like more of an unknown. So that's an idea that's gone way back, didn't it? Weren't, weren't there ideas sure. that o- O'Brien was oh, going to yeah. be a star of a Starfleet Academy show? I don't remember uh, that one, but, you know, Harv Bennett was trying to get Starfleet Academy. He wanted young younger actors to play like younger Kirk, Spock, McCoy in the 80s. He wanted to do that instead of Star Trek V. Mm-hmm. And then he wanted to do that instead of Star Trek VI. And when they wouldn't do it after that, he dropped out. That's why he's not a producer on Star Trek VI. And it's like they definitely wrote a script because the guy, Harold something, I don't remember the guys, the guy who wrote Star Trek V, he wrote a full Starfleet Academy script for Hart Bennett. I heard it's pretty good, actually, even though maybe Star, Star Trek V is not our favorite Star Trek. But I heard that script's pretty good. I've never read it. So anyway, yeah, the answer to your question is yes, they've been wanting to do, you know, people have been trying to do a Starfleet Academy thing for a very long time. Obviously, we got a lot of JJ Starfleet Academy stuff out of the the 2009 movie. Not being the biggest fan of the future timeline 900 years 
whatever into the future thing that the discovery does. If that's where the Starfleet Academy one is set, maybe I'll be a little more skeptical, but we'll watch it. See what happens. I'm, I'm, I'm not say I wouldn't can't say that I'm pumped about that show, but I mean I'm definitely going to watch it. So hopefully it'll surprise me. I think it'd be interesting given the environment we're in if this still happens, because I think they're going to. I, I suspect that at Paramount they're contending with these notions of limited resources and deciding what series to launch, and I think they've seen the enthusiasm behind. Um, you know, a post Picard, you know, show versus this. And, and if they have to choose between them, I'd be interested to see what they, they do in that respect, because I think they know, you know, they have, they have the, the data, you know, in terms of yeah. who watches what, right. But as far as the, um, the, the mini series or, or brief film or whatever that transpires for, you know, Section 31, I am very excited about that, not only because of Michelle Yeoh, but because that's one of the plot elements that they built up that is actually interesting and compelling to me because it, it, it transcends so much you of... In Discovery. Yes, yes, in, in Discovery. Uh, because it, it transcends so much of Star Trek lore, you know, the Section 31 and, um, you know, past, present, future, all the different timelines, all these kinds of things. That's interesting. And Michelle Yeoh being so fantastic. I mean, that I, I hope they can't mess that up, you know? Yeah, I was. I remember when DS9 and left, went off the air, I always, always hoped for maybe just like a miniseries or a movie, television movie, that kind of thing. I think that would have been a good format for that. So I'm also also really interested in if this will work, because I think part of the some of the problems over at Disney with Marvel, you know, they've been doing these long, you know, six, seven, eight, nine series where they could have just done little movie you know tv movies instead of doing a whole 10 10 part series and wasting a lot of money and time <clears throat> so i'm hopeful i'm excited with what steve said it's michelle it's section 31 pumped about that and i'm also excited to see if the the television movie format will will be something that's more economically makes more sense when you're trying to do extra stuff that's off the big screen. And I, I think there's a, I, I think there's value in that. And I think that's just a good way to go, but we'll see how it does. Yeah, I mean, can you goes. imagine if, if that does really well, if it's received really well, why, why wouldn't we get more, you know, if they can make a, they can make a TV movie cheap enough. I'm, I, I miss the miniseries. Remember back in the eighties, you know, you oh, get sure. Lonesome, Lonesome Dove, you know, these, you know, <laughs> you know, it's not a whole season. It's just, you know, it's um, mm-hmm. three, you know, it's a, It'd be like maybe five episodes if you did it today, you know. You see, Hulu's redoing um, Shogun, which was this awesome, you know, series from the early 80s, late 70s, early 80s. Yeah, they would start on Monday or they would start Sunday night, you know, Roots Roots was that way. Yeah, Mm -hmm. the great, greatness. Well, I, th- I think what's interesting is this whole notion of miniseries versus movie, you know, and, and, and the value it brings, because essentially what they want to do is get as many people to want to be on that platform for as long as possible. And so if a miniseries is like, okay, and it's six episodes, is, does that have much value if you only watch it once? You know, if these people, you know, buy in to get that once versus it being some fantastic movie or whatever or shorter series and they want to watch it again and again you know i I mean i guess the the data will will drive that you know out of this well one of the things we have seen that is obviously i was going to say important to secret hideout important to kurtzman but maybe it's not so important as it is so much 
he respects it and values it is the way they treat and think about all the shows that came before Discovery. We've seen just flat out nostalgia eat things, but we've seen just little influences. We've seen so much of the old stuff in the new stuff, not just the more obvious things like Strange New Worlds, those characters, Discovery Season 2, and then their own show, and those characters having come from elements of the original series. But stuff like, you know, Voyager's influences in Prodigy or Lower Decks having a DS9 episode, you know, things like that. That's one thing I love about the modern Treks is that they are okay with that. I guess to an extent they're incentivized to do it because we all, they know we love it and that, that gets people to subscribe or whatever. But the one thing we haven't seen that I haven't brought up in a while that is a bridge too far apparently would be spending the money and time to go back and give us high quality versions of DS9 and Voyager. And, you know, if I could, if I could pick any one thing, <laughs> you know, what's your dream Star Trek thing? I mean, that's, that's still what I would pick right now, but we've had less than zero <laughs> signs about the possibility of that. But at least if we're not going to get that, at least, you know, as we've said, we've had a lot of, of the newer shows give us some kind of outlet with those other characters without, I don't, I've never felt like they went too far. Maybe, maybe. I think I said this when we talked about Picard season three. Maybe <laughs> the Enterprise D. Maybe that was a little too far. I didn't ruin it for you. <laughs> they could totally be the opposite, right? They could they could not care about the old other stuff. Um, and they're not doing that. I, I would like to think that they review what they see in terms of the viewership and what people care about. I'm, I I agree. It's it's a dream to see DS9 and Voyager remastered. Uh, that would be fantastic. Uh, I, 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 I'm not going to say it's impossible, but I do think it would take some new funding model we haven't seen. I mean, years ago or whatever it was when you brought up the notion of just buying into it like a crowdfunding kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think if 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 they did that in terms of a, you know, a something they did within the, the realm of their corporate structure in terms of you know you want a x number year membership in in terms of seeing this streaming platform and or a physical medium thing and whatever and you want to put this up forward for it i i think i think they might be surprised at what they would see i think i think it would fund that we've still not seen anybody really do that no no big company yeah it would be it would be a whole new deal to to actually take that chance yeah well, this is kind of an, an off tangent, you know, with, you know, we, we were talking about the animation, obviously the, the original anima- animation from the seventies, Prodigy, Strange New Worlds, straight, I mean, not Strange New Worlds, um, Lower Decks, Lower Decks is kind of comedy sitcom, Prodigies for younger kids. Now, what I loved, what Star Wars, Star Wars did is with, you know, the Clone Wars and, you know, Rebels, uh, it's to be seen if that actually works in live action, but they added a lot of texture and, and to the story. So I'm interested if going forward, if they're going to have a more serious do more serious animated, a more serious animated series. Well, one thing star Wars had going forward is that they were all made by mostly the same people. Still are. Yeah. As opposed to, you know, lower decks and prodigy couldn't be more different. Sure. They're not crossing over at all. 
it was easier to cross over Lower Decks with Strange New Worlds than it would, would be to cross over with Prodigy. For sure. Um, so they're very, very different, and it's hard to imagine getting that kind of tapestry of, of different layers, you know, of uh, mixing them the way that Star Wars has been able to do it. But, well, I'm, I'm not saying mix yeah. those two. I mean, I'm saying if there's a whole new series that they decide to come out with animated-wise, that would be be a little bit more for, you know... A little more drama based, and you know, I know a couple people that, that Lower Decks is their favorite of, sure. of all of the Secret Hideout show of all the newer Star Trek shows. Lower oh, I, I agree. I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm just, but it mm-hmm. is a comedy. Yeah, but what you're talking about, I think it would, I think it's going to depend a lot on the success of something like this, this, this movie. You know, the Section 31 movie, because we haven't seen that yet. I mean, what what that brings in, and what that what that means in terms of monetizing the platform to Paramount that will drive that. I mean, if they, they see that like some kind of like extended two to three hour kind of thing versus a season of an episode, that's going to, that, that will drive that notion of, will we see like a, you know, standalone animated things that are just of a certain period where they get voice actors in to do that, that that isn't a series, but I I think that's going to affect that. Well, I mean, the, the reason I say that it's a more cost-effective way to kind of fill in the gaps of any kind of storytelling that you're trying to do. All right, last thing I want to discuss here, I meant to read part of this email in our last podcast. Sorry about that. Uh, but a uh, longtime listener and frequent collaborator, he's been on our show before, Dom sent an email. He had some thoughts on Strange New Worlds. And then he had another thing that we're going to use as a jumping-off point for a conversation here. Uh, he said, I like Strange New Worlds Season 2. I think Strange New Worlds is the one new Trek show that really succeeded in building on and updating the 90s Star Trek formula. It's not perfect, and some of the episodes didn't work for me, but I enjoy spending time with these characters. It is recognizably Star Trek, but with some longer-term character arcs, as well as more women and PSC characters. And then he said, I do wonder which episodes, if any, will be viewed as classics in 20 years, the way we still talk about Inner Light or Best of Both Worlds. I think the Strange New Worlds musical episode might. Dom, thank you for writing in. As always, we love getting uh, your intelligent and thoughtful emails. And uh, this idea of of um, have any of these modern, not just Strange New Worlds, but have any of these new Star Trek shows left us with any of those really amazing episodes that are going to be classics. The Strange New Worlds musical episode didn't quite work for me, but I, as I said, I think last time, I love that they were aiming, you know, I love that they tried it. I love they were aiming so high with it. The Strange New Worlds episode I think might make that list for me is the Lower Decks crossover. I think that was called Those Old Scientists, right? That was the TOS joke? Yeah. That that episode I think might might be in that classics list. It was It was so delightful. We've talked about it a little bit already. But I think I would probably put that one on there. I would agree with that. Um, I was thinking about Picard, the season three of Picard. It's hard to every separate. episode. <laughs> yeah, every episode. I, but if I had to say, I mean, you know, it's that it's the Nebula bunch yeah. of episodes. That the first two I, or three episodes. Yeah, yeah, uh, um, that I really enjoyed. I mean, yep. it it had a classic kind of Trek feel. You had the the character conflicts. Um, so. Those, if I had to pick those three or four episodes right in there, the Nebula. One episode kind of in the middle that I, I liked just as much as the first few. I don't remember the name of it, but the, the one that kind of is bookended 
with his son sitting at the bar while, you know, sure. the flashback stuff where he's telling the stories to the Academy, the cadets. Sure. That one was up there for me too. Yeah. But that, that's, I mean, cause it's, it's, it's hard to separate the episodes as yeah, much. And, yeah. the, and, but I, I've only, I've only watched strange new worlds once, but you know, I think I might be able to better answer that question when we get in and start talking about it and delving into the episodes. Cause I've, I've only watched them once for just pure entertainment value. Um, so I'll be looking forward to seeing what we think about the Strange New Worlds episodes. But I, I can think off the top of my head, there there are some kind of those classic elements from the original series in Strange New Worlds. So in some of those episodes, so I'm looking forward to 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 taking a deeper look. In the early episode of Discovery. Yeah, I'm paraphrasing probably music to make the sanest mind go mad or something like that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Episode with the uh, mud, right? Yeah. Right. I remember really liking that one a lot at the time and thinking if this is if this is the direction the show goes, I bet they're gonna, you know, really get some, some more interesting. It they didn't go that direction at all, and that was really a kind of an anomalous episode. Well rain um, rain is brilliant as mud, so that's another yeah, reason why. Yeah. I don't know. I, I don't think it will just because maybe the show kept going in other directions. But I guess I could there's a universe where I could see maybe that episode. I mean, I would like to see Mud return because Rain Wilson was so good as a character. Strange New yeah. Worlds. Put him on, yeah. Put him on Strange New Worlds. Make World. it happen. Yeah, I think what's, what's tricky is is gauging that. It's almost like if gauging the quality of an episode is almost becoming outdated as well because with serialized television, the notion of an episode at all is, is it, you know, it's it's like we're, we struggle sometimes with some of the modern series in terms of what is this about in the episode because they're so strung together and being like we can all acknowledge that season three of Picard is fantastic, right? And but it's more difficult to isolate individual episodes, and I, I think that's kind of indicative of kind of the, the environment we're in. Well. I've got one. You guys know what I'm going to say, and I know you guys aren't going to be there with me, but I legit think Prodigy's Mind Walk near the end of season two, or sorry, <laughs> near the end of season one, I legit think Mind Walk is up there. I really, really do. It is good. It is good. It is good. I just think I just think episodic kind of highlights are going to become anomal- you know, a bit of an anomaly compared to seasons or stretches you know it's like with picard season three i I agree that episodes three and four are probably the high point but you those don't stand alone very well without the whole season right yeah well my list here to answer this question as far as you know are there any episodes that might be classics in 20 years my list i wrote down those old scientists mind walk and picard season three (laughs) (laughs) that was all i wrote down i mean you guys had anything else you feel like could be up there? I don't think so. I, I did. I did enjoy the last episode, the the final episode of season one of Strange New Worlds, the uh, the one that was a riff on the original Balance series episode. Yes, I, I thought that was pretty good. I enjoyed that. I, I thought that was it was a pretty cool idea. I felt like I think I, if I recall correctly, there were other episodes in season one that I enjoyed more than that one, but it was a cool, a really cool idea. All right. Well, thank you, Dom, for your email. Wow, guys. Running on a Star Trek to talk about. <laughs> Never. Well, in 2024, we expect to discuss Discovery Season 5, Lower Decks Seasons 4 and 5, maybe Strange New Worlds 1 and 2, hopefully Prodigy Season 2. That'll be a for sure one, because we know for sure that's going to be on Netflix in 2024. Well, we haven't run out of Trek yet. When did we start this? 11? 
2011? 2010. I think our first episodes were December of 2010. December 2010. So we've gone this long. Yeah. No, I mean, we're going to run out in, <laughs> we're gonna run out in 2025 for sure. <laughs> yeah. For sure. <laughs> we're, we're, Who knows what we'll do. We'll, we have to do them live. We have to do them live when they come out after that. We've been doing that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So thanks. Thanks. Uh, 2023. Any, anything. Uh, I finally started watching, um, for all mankind, Adam, because you kept saying it was good, and I figured I'd like it because it's Ron Moore. Yep, it's great. Yeah, it's season great. three or four is just starting. Four just started up. Yeah, yeah, I'm about halfway We're, through season three. It, it's a little bit. I don't know. Mellow, it has some melodrama in it. You know. Yeah, I was going to say it feels almost a little bit soap opera-y. I'd have a hard time necessarily recommending it to people, but it's really good, and it's hooked me. Well, I mean, because the the season, the end of, of each of the seasons ends really well. At the end of season two, I was like, holy crap, this is, like I said, that was, that end of season two episode was like one of the best episodes of television I saw that year. And I was like, okay, I'm I'm in for three. Yeah. Any shows or anything? Yeah. Anybody, anything, last chance, anything, anybody wants to throw out for 2023? I enjoyed the foundation. If you like science fiction, that kind of got going in this last season. I did season. watch that. The second season came out this year. Yeah. All right, so that's going to do it for 2023. We're going to be back in uh, January, probably the first week of January. We'll all find out together what we're going to be talking about, but it will be some season of Star Trek. Thank you so much for spending not just this half hour with us, but many of our listeners have been with us for years. We have a small group, but a very dedicated group, and uh, we love you all. And as I often say each year to you two gentlemen, I love you guys, and I'm grateful that we've had this excuse every two weeks um, to hang out. So, thank you. Love you guys, too. You, too. You, too. Man. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to you both Absolutely. and everybody else out there. I hope it's a safe and joyous time for everyone. All right. You can follow us on Twitter. That's at Check Companion, and you can send us an email, checkcompanion at gmail. Com. We'll see you guys next year. Take it easy. Bye, guys. See you. I passed it.